Hi there, I'm Eric Wordweaver Shervin, Goldie of the Ridgar Folk here in East Texas, and I would like to welcome you to The Raven's Call. This is a show where I ramble on about different heathen-related subjects, just whatever strikes my fancy sets my mind on fire at the time. Before we get started, little UPG warning. Everything you see on this channel is my personal views on things. It's not necessarily reflective of greater heathenry, or even necessarily the individual views of my tribe. Uh, the individual members of my tribe, and uh, it's uh, through my own experiences, research. I've been doing this for I've lost count, <laughs> a long time now. Anyway, so uh, this is just my experiential information and research and all that stuff brought into my worldview, and I'm just sharing a bit of it with you guys. Now, the intention behind this channel, of course, is for me to create something that I would have liked when I was starting out with heathenry. Um, one of the things that uh, you know, I've gone through some trainings in the past, uh, you know, train the trainer kind of things. And one of the tips that they always have for trainers is uh, don't teach your audience, teach your previous self. Teach, your, teach yourself before you started this. Uh, put yourself in your shoes where you were, where they are now, and teach yourself. You know, go back and teach younger you how to get to where you are now. And uh, so that's something that I try to do with these, is I try to put something out that would have been of benefit to me back then. Some thoughts, some information, some different ways of looking at things that might have impacted my journey and maybe have accelerated it, or at least in some ways broadened it, deepened it, or have spurred on some new thoughts and new explorations, things like that. So that's kind of where I'm going with this, uh, but that's you know the whole UPG warning thing. Uh, some of the housekeeping stuff that we need to take care of at the beginning, of course, is if you haven't already subscribed, please subscribe down below, ding the bell, uh, comment. All of my contact information is in the comment section down below. You'll find my email address, the Facebook page, the, the, the fan page, the group. Um, I think that's all in there. <laughs> if it's not, I need to go back and update it. Plus, you'll find my Twitter handle, you'll find uh, my P.O. box if you want to send in any mail, stuff like that. So, Let's go ahead and jump into today's subject. Today we're going to talk about something that was said to me by a friend of mine uh, when I was going through some rough stuff not too long ago. Um, I don't know about you guys, but 2019 has been one heck of a year. And I find that at the end of the year, it's kind of important to step back and take stock because things are not done happening. The, the stressors of the year haven't gone away. There's part of a reason why the last episode that I did was on burnout. Um, well, burnout self-care. This is, we're coming into Yule. I see Yule as a time outside of time. Matter of fact, this episode may go up during Yule. I have to look and see. The way I see things, the year ends uh, as Mother's Night goes into the first day of Yule for me. Now, my tribe uses the Thu of a 12 days of Yule. I realize there are historical differences on that. Um, you know, the strength of the three-day Yule versus uh, the 12 days of Yule, where syncretism plays in, things like that. But within our tribal mythos, uh, the 12 days of Yule is how we do things. And during this time, things I like to slow things down a great deal. And I like to kind of take stock of the year and take a look at where we're going. And our rituals during that time are focused on, you know, ancestors. They're focused on a tribe as a whole. Uh, and preparing ourselves for the coming year, kind of recharging our batteries before we jump right back into it. Now, ideally, I'd like to be able to unplug from everything during that period of time and not have to deal with any of it, but the best I can do is try and slow it down some. <clears throat> Given all of that, this is a good time of year to talk about, you know, how we deal with ordeal 
and what ordeal means. And like I said, I was going through some stuff earlier in the year that was particularly difficult and trying. And uh, one of my nearest, dearest friends said to me, he said, Eric, ordeal breeds worth. And that was profound to me. It struck me deep. And uh, so I want to give out a shout out to Mike Spires. He's the guy that, that dropped this one on me. Because um, it's something I've thought about before. It's not, it's not like it was something new, like something I hadn't thought about. But it brought it all to the forefront. It snapped it into clarity, snapped it into reality. And so it was very important to me uh, that, that he did this. And it was very meaningful to me. Uh, the essence of ordeal breeds worth. You know, we got to look at those two words. You know, we've talked about worth before, and so we'll kind of retouch on that a little bit. But we look at ordeal. You know, the an ordeal is when you go through something trying, and it is something <clears throat> that requires a great deal of you, whether it be spiritually, physically, mentally. Uh, but it puts you through something, and you have to come out the other side of it. And you know, of course, we've established that worth. Worth is the manifestation of our integrity and the full bear of our luck. It is what we bring to society. It is the fullness of us and what we can bring to that social structure, the strength that we bring to it, um, or weakness, depending on what your worth is and uh, what your worth is to that society. And of course, it's relative. But an ordeal that puts you through something you come out the other side of it stronger. That whole adage of that which does not kill us makes us stronger. Of course, that's a, a globalized, fun little ditty to say, but it doesn't necessarily reflect the fact that that, that which doesn't kill you may leave you maimed and hor horribly disfigured. <laughs> but uh, and you're not necessarily stronger on the other side. Or are you? I mean, you know, your, your ability to endure gets stronger. Your ability to come out the other side of things get stronger. Once you've been through something hard, once you've been through an ordeal like that and you come out on the other side, you realize a little bit more what your limitations are. You realize a little bit more of what you can handle. You've pushed your envelope just a little bit. You've pushed your boundaries a bit more, or in some cases, a great deal more, and you're capable far more than you realize that you're capable of. That is your worth. You know, that, that adds to your worth. That adds to what you can bring to the society. That adds to what you can bring to your family and to your tribe. Your worth increases because you are now more capable of bringing your fullness to bear. Uh, with what I mean by that, I know that's kind of a vague statement, but your might and your main, uh, your ability to endure, your ability to overcome, you understand these better because you have been through an ordeal that has tested them. You have been through something that has tried you, and you now know better where your boundaries are. You know that you can overcome things you didn't think you could overcome before. You thought you could, but now you know because you have. Having done something, you know, it's one thing, uh, let's like say if you go to blacksmithing, you know, you know conceptually how to go about it, how to do the things, how to heat the metal, how to hit the metal, but you're not confident in that until you actually do it. You can conceptually understand all of the steps that go through it. You can logistically understand what you need to do to go from point A to point B, and you can probably muddle your way through it for the most part. There are, of course, aspects of you know fine finesse and technique that you have to learn over time, etc., etc., etc. But the, the generalities of heating and bending metal, you can understand the, the concept behind it, how to go about it, and heat it up, 
hit it on the anvil, hit it with a hammer, you know? Um, but until you actually do it, until you actually experience it, you don't realize your limitations there. You don't realize how much effort it takes to swing the hammer. You don't understand necessarily the, the nuances of working the metal, of shaping the metal, bending the metal, of where it needs to go, where it doesn't want to go, uh, where it's going to snap, where the hot spots are, where the cold spots are. These are all things that you can only figure out through experience. You can only experience... These, these are the things that you can only get from... Uh, actually doing it and spending some time going through it and that's the way ordeal is because ordeal puts you through something and the only way you really know what you're capable of is by going through it and coming out the other side uh, you will know where you're weak and where you're strong you'll know what you can handle and what you can't you won't go into places that you know you can't handle or you will try and prepare yourself better for it and this makes you stronger as a result it at least makes you smarter as a result. And this experience, this ordeal that you've been through adds to your understanding of yourself. And the better you understand yourself, the more worth that you have, the more your ability to exercise your integrity, the more your ability to bring actuality to intent, that these things strengthen. And that is, of, you know, one element of worth is your ability to bring actuality to intent. You know, we talked in the uh, in the uh, self care episode about um, intent, ritual, effect, and a part of a person's worth. Part of it, not all of it, part of it, is your ability to bring through action intent into reality, and you build confidence by going through ordeal and coming out the other side. There's a reason why there's usually an ordeal involved in a rite of passage. Because a rite of passage, if you look at a rite of passage, you're talking about, like, um, we'll use, for instance, a young man who's joining into, say, a warrior cult society. General, general, general. And uh, simply because it's an imagery that is fairly easy to come by. And so <clears throat> you've got this individual who's been taught all these things growing up, who understands and who has done a lot of these things through practice and through training, etc., etc., like hunting, fishing, survival kind of things, maybe some basics on combat, stuff like that, and has some understanding, uh, maybe a bit of cockiness because, you know, they're young and they're, you know, full of, of hubris and they think that they can handle a lot more than they can. A lot of times, a rite of passage will include some kind of ordeal that tests them on this, that proves to them they either have it or they don't. And the idea, the intent behind this ritual is that when they come out on the other side, they have the confidence to do what they need to do. They, have, they know that they can do this. They know that they have overcome this and they understand that they are not everything they thought they were when they started out, or they understand that they are so much more than they were afraid they were not. In, in terms of this like young man coming into a warrior cult through hubris, if he has to go through this trying ordeal uh, where he's you know gone into the wilderness for three or four days and he thinks he's Billy Badass, and he gets out there and he realizes that he's just human, and that you know, surviving for this period of time and maybe being harried by the other members of the warrior clan, the warrior cult, uh, and put through combat experiences plus survival stuff, 
he's going to realize that he has limitations that he did not accept before. And then when he has accepted that of himself, when he's accepted that he has his limitations, when he's accepted that he does have his strengths and that he can use those to overcome this ordeal, and he comes out the other side and he's successful and he has achieved something, he's invested in this, all of a sudden he has gone through all of this ordeal and he comes out stronger and more worthy on the other side. This is how ordeal in general works. Um, this is a ritualized ordeal towards a specific event, a specific coming-of-age ritual kind of thing, um, a rite of passage specifically. And he starts out as one thing, goes through the ordeal, and on the other side he is passed into this new phase, this new social standing, this new whatever. Um, he has overcome the ordeal and is something else on the other side. This is how ordeal works for us. It doesn't always come with a change in social status or in our label or whatever. Sometimes it's simply that we go through hard times and then when we come out the other side, we're better able to go through those hard times when they come around again or we're better able to avoid those hard times coming because we've had that experience before. We understand where this came from. We understand why we got there and we can avoid it or we can be better prepared to go through it and endure it. And then the next time it's not quite so hard. And the time after that it's even less. Ordeal breeds worth. Ordeal is the ground that we... It's like going into the crucible and melting away some of the impurities and coming out um, stronger metal on the other side. It's testing our metal and knowing what we are made of and uh, burning away the impurities. That is an essence of ordeal. That is something that is extremely important. When you think about, from a ritualized standpoint, the importance of ordeal, um, you need to transpose that into everyday life as well and understand the importance of the ordeals that we go through. The ordeals of you know death of family members, of hard financial times, of financial ruin, of you know um, a disaster. Uh, these things that we go through, like you know, losing a home to a tornado, or losing a home to a fire, or flood, or earthquake, or whatever it may be, or you know, getting lost at sea, or getting lost in woods—all these things—that can be traumatic events. In modern psychology, of course, you know me with my psychology stuff. Um, there's a there's a big focus on trauma-based interventions now, especially dealing with the state and, and kids. And my problem with trauma-based focus on this is that um, that kind of a mentality really focuses heavily on the victimhood aspect of things, as opposed to the idea of ordeal breeds worth. That going through this means that you are going to be stronger on the other side if you can learn from it, if you can internalize in such a way as to make yourself stronger. Now, ordeal doesn't necessarily guarantee that you're going to be stronger on the other side, but it is a modality through which you can. You have to do the work. You have to come out the other side determined to be stronger and do it, learn from it, and actually take it to heart then on the other side, that worth is stronger and you bring more to the table. It is deeply meaningful. Um, it, it is something that is, it tries the spirit, it tries the heart, the might, the main, all of it is brought to bear. And on the other side, you're able to do that more meaningfully, more intentfully, mindfully, 
and you're just stronger for it. So ordeal breeds worth. This goes along with another saying that I have, which is uh, a correlation to the story of Olden taking up the runes. You guys have probably heard me talk about it on the channel before. I find it impossible to think that I wouldn't have talked about it on the channel before. But anyway, the idea is spending time on the tree. This goes to Olden taking up the runes where he hangs nine long nights on Yggdrasil, uh, sacrificed himself to himself. He takes no meat, he takes no bread, uh, takes no mead, and he goes through this ordeal and he stares down into the roots of Yggdrasil and at the end he takes up the runes screaming. He has gone through this extreme ordeal but he comes out the other side wiser and stronger for it. <clears throat> I refer to these ordeals as spending time on the tree. This is the time where we are sacrificing ourselves for the betterment of ourselves. This is where we willfully go through something, or unwillfully, but we still, we go through this thing and that on the other side, we come out stronger. If, and it boils down a lot to intent. If you go through this thing and the only thing that you think of yourself as is a victim, then you come out the other side as a victim. But if, you go in, if you're going through this thing, you find yourself in it, and this is a dragon to fight, then when you come out the other side, you are a dragon slayer. Um, framing is an important thing in the world of psychology. And framing in this instance is the key essence. That's what the idea of ordeal breeds worth or spending time on the tree. This is a framing technique wherein you frame this ordeal as an exercise to strengthen yourself, an exercise to come out the other side stronger, more complete, and better capable of handling things in the future. This means you are more on the other side than you were when you started. Um, it's turning the frown upside down, to use a cliche. It is taking something that could be negative and that you could be that could be world-breaking for you, and willfully changing the narrative so that you can be stronger on the other side. Part of that is recognizing our own role in this coming to be. Because part of that work, like I said before, is the ability to avoid some of these circumstances in the future. If you're going through really hard times, you're hitting rock bottom, then coming out the other side and beating this thing means knowing how to stay away from that rock bottom. If you take somebody who's going through uh, addiction and uh, they find themselves hitting rock bottom. This is very much an ordeal for them, but it is an ordeal largely of their own making in most cases. There are cases where it's not, such as uh, addiction to uh, medical opioids uh, during stays in the hospital and things like that. They didn't necessarily bring this on themselves, but, but they find themselves in it nonetheless. And in overcoming that, in overcoming the addiction and in achieving sobriety, they have learned their limitations, they have learned themselves more than they knew themselves when they went in, and they know what they need to do to avoid those kind of situations in the future. Is it easy? No, it is not easy. Uh, it is something that they have to struggle with the rest of their lives, but they can struggle with it, and they can overcome it, and they know they can overcome it because they've done it. People who are going through it don't necessarily know that they can overcome it. 
And that's where we can, as a tribe, support our people, is to let them know that this breeds worth. This is something you can overcome, and on the other side, you will be more for it. You will be stronger for it. You will have more worth. You will be even more important to us because you are capable of doing these things now that you didn't know you were capable of before, and you can go on to great and beautiful things because you understand yourself better. You know what tools you have in the box. You know what strength you have inside, or at least you know better because you're constantly discovering that you're stronger than you were before. But if you frame it in a term of victimhood, then what you end up with is only recognizing your weaknesses and not recognizing your strengths, because we have both. Yes, we are weak. We have weaknesses, wherein we can be bested if these weaknesses are exploited. Strength comes in overcoming those weaknesses or in learning to defend those weaknesses. And then you are stronger on the other side because those weaknesses are less. And so that's something that you can do. If you take a traumatic experience and you frame it in such a way that it is an ordeal that coming out the other side of brings you more worth. If you are slaying that dragon, then, then you can bring strength from it. And this can be that whole learning experience thing. Yes, it is a learning experience. And knowledge is power. You come out the other side so much more powerful than you went in because you've experienced these things and because you've learned these things. So don't, don't count yourself out. You're capable of far more than you know you are. And I know that we've been through some ordeals in 2019. I know I have, and I know from talking to a number of people that you guys have experienced some as well. I can't speak for everybody, but the ones that I've interacted with, I don't think I've talked to anybody yet who hasn't had some kind of ordeal in uh, 2019. So be stronger for it. Come out the other side and be more for it. Find your worth. Spending time on the tree. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. You can either find yourself there on purpose, or you can just find yourself there because you've been strung up to the tree. <laughs> either way, there's knowledge to be had. There's wisdom to be had. And yes, it lies in the dark places, and you find it, and you come out the other side. Um, these, these are things that take mindfulness and framing in order to be able to achieve. Now, I don't want to discount the whole victimhood thing completely because there are things that happen to people in traumatic experiences where they are indeed a victim. But a lot of times what we do in therapy is we try to reframe that victimhood into survivorhood because you're not a victim, you're a survivor. You know, you've gone through this. Yes, this happened to you. Yes, but you are not this thing. You know, you are not a victim of this and then locked in the stasis of victimhood. You are a survivor because there's something on the other side of survival. Survival is an open-ended thing. Victimhood is a closed circuit. When you frame something as a victim, you are always a victim then. You are a victim of this thing and you are locked temporarily, temporarily in this stasis around this event. This event begins to rule things instead of 
you utilizing the skills that you took from it and moving on from it. You become fixated in that time and that point. You crystallize here. And that is that sense of victimhood. You know, you've got those individuals that seem to be perpetual victims that only frame things within that victimhood thing. And if you'll notice, a lot of times those people are stagnant. Those people are not moving forward. They're stuck in this place and they try to pull everyone in around them because they build this kind of gravity up around themselves and they try to pull everybody down with this whole victimhood thing. And it's very easy for other people who have framed themselves in that victimhood state to be pulled into that because it reinforces that because it's a shell it's a protective layer to be able to say that you are a victim of this puts all of the blame over there and it protects your inner self it protects the ego i get it i understand it but it needs to be overcome and needs to be reframed into survivorhood because then you have accomplished something you have come out the other side of this you survived it you may not be what you were before, you will be changed by an ordeal, and it's not always for the better, but there is strength and knowledge and wisdom that you can gain from it where you can be more than you were before. Doesn't necessarily always mean better, but at least more. You know, you can be more wise, you can be more, uh, more mindful, you can be more situationally aware, and you can be more capable in an emergency. And I'm talking specifically about significant traumatic events now, usually in the vein of something that's uh, disastrous or violent in nature. But uh, these other hardships that we go through function very similarly. You can end up in financial hardship and think of yourself as a victim of society, etc., 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 but that's a stasis-locked point. You know, if you survive these hardships and come out the other side, then you can be more mindful of the things that got you into that hardship in the first place and work to avoid them. Is it gonna be easy? No, 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 no. Because you suddenly realize that there's a fight to be had. You suddenly realize that you need to take up arms and you need to defend yourself or you will end up in that spot again. Um, you know, victimhood needs to be a temporary thing and it needs to be shifted rapidly into survivorship. That's where worth is, because on the other side of survivorship is a future. There is, it's, it's open-ended at that point, you know. Um, victimhood is, like I said, a closed circuit kind of thing. And it's a, psychology of words is an important thing. The word weaver, I think about these things. So <clears throat> shifting that verbiage from victim to survivor, from, you know, this catastrophic event to an ordeal, and understanding that it is an ordeal that you're going through, it has an end. You know, you're not locked in some eternal darkness where, you know, you're locked in an oubliette somewhere and you're never going to get out. You've been forgotten and neglected for all time. Ordeals have an end. You know, there is another side to this. There is light at the end. We're going through Yule right now, where we experience the darkest of uh, the darkest of days, as it were, the shortest days, and uh, the longest nights. But there's another side to this. The sun comes back. You know, uh, the Baldur rises after Ragnarok, depending on how you take the Ragnarok cycle. There's something on the other side, and you can keep going. You know, uh, old Scandinavia survived the Christianization of Northern Europe, and they kept going, even though they went through this thing. And it was not necessarily a pretty thing. A lot of places, it was a rather peaceful transition. It was more economic than it was anything else, because it was tied to the mainland Europe side of things that won't do business with you unless you convert kind of deal. Um, 
a lot of times it was done by the sword and it was done by fire. We've got accounts of like uh, Olaf Tryggvason and Olaf Digre or uh, <laughs> Olaf the Oathbreaker or Saint Olaf to the Catholics. Um, you've got these guys who would say convert or die and uh, some of the things that they did such as you know the bowl of hot coals put to the belly until the innards burst out these are attestations that you, know, you can see the intent behind so northern europe did not get locked in victimhood during this transition they just rolled with it and came out the other side and uh, you know continued on. As a result of all of this, heathenry is being reborn today. We are doing what we are doing because heathenry survives the ordeal. You know, we survive our ordeals. And you can look at other uh, areas that don't necessarily survive that and shift it into victimhood. And you can see how those areas suffer because there does become this kind of uh, almost countrywide zeitgeist of this state of victimhood you know um, whether they put themselves there or not you know if you look at Germany po post World War II um, there's this general kind of culture of not necessarily victimhood but kind of that mentality behind things because um, it didn't matter where they stood with relation to the Nazi party all Germans were seen as you know bad guys and so there was almost this uh, inability for them to take any pride in their culture and things like that and it bred this this kind of ongoing baggage that they had to deal with and in modern days we've seen some progression beyond that but there's still some hold-ons we're not that far removed from World War II in generations to come I think you'll find less and less of it as we become more distanced from that particular event. Um, but in our lives, we experience very little distance from our actual ordeals because our lives are short. We are, we are mortals. You know, it only lasts for so long. We don't have hundreds of years to distance ourselves from some major event and then rewrite our view of ourselves. We have to do it in a much shorter period of time because our life expectancy versus the life expectancy of, say, a nation or a, a general culture are going to be different. So we have to step up and see that we are building worth, that we are you know, making ourselves stronger on the other sides of this, and that we bring more to our families, we bring more to our tribes as a result of our capacity to overcome. Looking to tribe and family and the, the, the thought that we're bringing more worth and more strength to that, that we're bringing more luck, more might, more main to that, that we are putting more into the well because we are overcoming this, can give you that jolt that you need, that little bit of a drive to help see this through. Uh, again, with the framing aspect, you, you recognize these things where there are strengths coming out the other side. It's like looking on the bright side. Every cloud is a silver lining. You know, I have this saying that cliches are only cliches because we're tired of them being true. And uh, this is very much one of those things that on the other side of all this, you will be more and you will bring that to your tribe. You will bring that to your family and you will increase the worth and strength of those entities and so that's that's a beautiful thing to me it really is and that's why you know here as 2019 wraps up and as we look back on the year and everything that we've been through uh, we look back over the past decade because we're wrapping up a decade of everything that happened over these past 10 years we've been through a lot um, both as you know global national uh, 
personal levels. Uh, we've all been through stuff and we're overcoming these ordeals and we're keeping on. Keep on keeping on kind of thing. That old, uh, that old British saying of, you know, keep calm, carry on. Uh, we're, we're doing that, you know, we're, we're going through. We're, we're making our way through these ordeals. We're coming out the other side and we're stronger for it. We may not always seem that way. We may not always recognize that. And part of that's on us to recognize those strengths. The world's not going to come in and say, hey, look, you're stronger for this. No, nope. not the world's job to do that. That's our job. It's our job to see the worth. It's our job to see the strength. And it's our job to see how we are stronger, what we have learned, and how much more we are. And then to demonstrate that to our tribes, to our families, and then they will recognize our worth. Because that's all it is. It's their recognition of our worth. So <clears throat> that's that's kind of where that, that goes. It's... If you can reframe it, if you can do this and you can see your strengths, internalize that, make it a part of yourself, come out the other side and show the world what you've got, there's good things in store for you. You'll find stability. You will find your even keel. Um, but if you don't learn from these things, those who do not learn from history, you're doomed to repeat it. <laughs> Everybody, I don't know if y'all saw that poster on the wall at school, but we had that. Anyway. If you don't learn from these things, if you don't build your strengths, then you will get stuck in the cycle and you won't be stronger for it. And you'll still be in the ordeal. You'll still be going through. So ordeal breeds worth, but it doesn't do it in a vacuum. Ordeal breeds worth and that worth comes from our active mindfulness, our active reframing, our active willful application of our minds, our spirits, our power in order to overcome and then to recognize those strengths. And if you are having trouble recognizing those strengths, then turn to your tribe, turn to the people that matter most to you and look to see where those came, where those strengths are. You may just not be done cooking yet from the ordeal. Uh, there is a shock period sometimes afterwards. Uh, where you don't necessarily recognize right away what the strengths are. Sometimes these are recognized over time because you have to show them to yourself. You have to do things, actions, and prove to yourself that you really are stronger because of this. You know, years on down the line, you'll look back at ordeals that, you know, prior to the ordeal would have seemed catastrophic and you wouldn't have been able to make it through. You made it through them just fine without even thinking about it because of the strength you gathered from the first one. You know, the first time you fall and get back up and keep going, uh, the next fall doesn't hurt nearly as bad. At least you begin to figure out how to fall in such a way that it doesn't hurt so bad. And you get better at it and get better at it and get better at it. And uh, that's, that's where strength comes from. In a lot of ways. So anyway, um, again, that's, that's just kind of my rant for this go. Ordeal breeds worth. Spending time on the tree is not a bad thing. It's a tough thing. It's a rough thing. Nobody likes going through it. I feel for anybody that's going through it. I feel for you if you've gone through it. But props to you for making it through. And if you're not through it yet, you will. Stick to it. Just make sure on the other side you recognize how much stronger you are because of it. Okay? Bring that to bear. And... Uh, you know, that, that's, 
As heathens, that's one of the benefits that we have, this idea of worth and the way that we look at tribal structure and the way we look at, uh, at, at that reciprocity and all of that. Uh, we're able to frame things like that and we're able to draw strength from that. Whereas other cultures that may be more focused on victimhood, that may be more focused on um, you know, putting faith in some omniscient deity, etc., 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 removes that responsibility from the individual, that accountability from the individual, and puts it more towards uh, this ambiguity, this this ephemeral entity. And I think in a lot of ways it can steal some of that growth. It can steal some of that recognition of self-worth. Like when we go through ordeal, the gods don't pull us out of it. You know, I don't go through financial hardship and then find that Freud is the one that has given me abundance on the other side. He may grant me luck that I may use to bring myself through that. And then by getting on the other side and showing that I've overcome this, showing that I am someone who can survive these ordeals, I get to stand before Freud and say, hey, I did it. And I'm more for it. And then my gifts mean more to me. And he's more willing to give gifts in return because he sees me as someone who is worthy, someone who has gone through something and proven that they are capable of coming out the other side. So that's there's there's depth there. There's there's definitely value and wonder to it. Um, nobody wants to go through ordeal, but someone who has lived a soft life and has never known the scars of battle, be they emotional, physical, whatever, don't they don't know what they're capable of yet. Uh, and so they don't know their full strength either. Um, there's a reason we, we look at people who come back from, from war, uh, they, especially in the stories of olden warriors and whatnot. You hear them battle-hardened and, and you know strong and all this stuff. It's because they've been through some significant ordeals and have definitely had to see what they were capable of and what brought them out the other side. And... Uh, and that's a whole nother ball of wax because there's there's traumas involved there and everything that um, sometimes people see more or have to do more than they are capable of dealing with and it can break them um, so we can we can overcome these things though they survived and maybe with the help of their communities their inengar they can see their worth and they can see how they're stronger coming out the other side of it uh, and I hope for all of you and the ordeals that you're going through, uh, you can see that on the other side too. I hope your Renengarth is there for you. I hope that you can frame things in a way that will help you to see that you are stronger and that you are more capable and that you have gained worth as a result of this ordeal. So, hail to you all. Thank you. Uh, appreciate you making it through. May your hearth fires burn bright.